on this episode of Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge podcast from Scoop News Group. Going paperless at a New Jersey community college. This is Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge podcast. Every other Tuesday, we dive deep with decision makers on what's next in higher education, IT, and online learning. I'm your host, Jake Williams. When Patricia Clay came to Hudson County Community College five years ago to take over as the college's CIO after previously leading IT for DeSales University, a private university in Pennsylvania, she found an operation that was advanced in some ways, but primarily dependent on paper. Since then, Clay has overseen a large-scale digitization process. She tells Ed Scoop's Lindsay McKenzie about what things were like when she first started and what's changed since. Well, in some areas, uh, the college was pretty advanced. But as a culture, I always said we were very uh, 1990s, like very, very cutting edge to the 1990s. Um, We had a lot of paper. As a public institution, there's a lot of forms and processes that must be, must be used. That's just not negotiable. And it hadn't, we hadn't made the, uh, the leap into a truly digital situation. We did have um, some forms in PDFs with signatures, which I would say is a little bit more advanced than what I came from in certain circumstances where, you know, at a private institution, it was like, well, we've been doing this on paper. We can keep doing it on paper. No one's going to make us do it a different way. And, And so some of those processes had already started that started that journey but as overall uh we're very we were very in-person focused and so if there was some paper form that had been going around in triplicate for a decade well it just kept kept going so it sounds like there was a lot of areas where there could be improvement in terms of digitization um how did you prioritize that work was it you know a specific department that you wanted to help them streamline some processes or was it you know whole institution up that's a great question so what I really uh I work very closely with the finance office because I report to the chief financial officer so we did start with finance because that was in our our, our own wheelhouse um the very first form that I recall us digitizing, this is even prior to finding a good platform, was uh, what's called an equipment justification form. And again, that you know pertains to public institutions. And if you need equipment in our area, that's computers, but it, it can be other things. Uh, it could be something like a, a range in our culinary institute, for example. Um, you need to complete a form and it needs to be approved by several officers, but one of them will be the vice president for your area. So that was one of the things that we tackled right away because I was thinking, uh, wait, why am I getting like a, uh, re- what are they even called? Carbonless <laughs> form to fill out here. That seems a little backward and we have to get it attached into our accounting system at some point, right? So that was one of the things that we we tackled first. So sometimes it's just those things that are right in front of your eyes, you know, processes in IT itself, for example. Like if IT itself is still sending around, you know, when someone came to me and was like, oh, here's a form that someone filled out because they need a cell phone. And I was like, hmm, 
why are we doing this on a piece of paper? Um, so, yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of thinking about things that cross your desk um, and why, why are we doing it that way? And I, I'm doing air quotes, which I know that means nothing in a podcast because uh, it now crosses your desk in a different way, right? It crosses your email or you get a, a message from someone and how can we bring those things together so we can complete the processes and everybody knows that they need to do something? That's also a tricky thing when you're doing digital transformation, right? Because if someone just hands me a form and puts it right under my, you know, under my pen at the blotter, I know I need to do it. I might ask questions, but it like it it probably came here for a reason where in our modern society, right? We all get so tons of notifications and emails and it's, you know, how do I know I really need to act on this versus getting lost in the morass in my email? Was there a particular reason you think that some of those forms hadn't been digitized? Was it like a lack of resources or just, you know, this is just how we've done things, so we're just going to keep doing it? What was the reason that it was, you know, so paper-based? Well, some in certain cases, the college wasn't confident that a digital signature would be adequate. So some of that comes down to the state that you're in or state, municipality, state, county, you know, there's all these uh, overlapping regulations. And actually, um, the state of New Jersey did make significant changes to some of those laws about digital signatures during the pandemic. So there were certain things that we had to maintain, at least at some point had to come out as paper so that some could sign it and ink, just because that, that's the way the regulation works, or that's the interpretation of the regulation that came to us through legal counsel or, or through the um, the Council of County Colleges. I, I'm not, I wasn't uh, privy to like all of the communications prior to me getting here. But, and uh, having said all of that, inertia is always a big part of this, right? It's someone has, because usually when you're getting, a lot of these forms are time sensitive. I have to approve this form so someone can buy you know, new computers. I have to sign this form so that my employees will get uh, overtime pay. I have to sign this form because we have, we're you know, approving a new position or something like that. And all of these things have deadlines and sometimes they've been, you know, you have all kinds of conversations coming up to it. And then you get a form in front of you. And even if you are in IT and you're sort of empowered to digitize that, there's always the, wait, I can't digitize this right now because I have to sort of stop the process and start over with something new. So it's always interesting to me um, what we choose to tackle and when, you know, when I talk to other colleagues, I, I know some great people who like, we just, we did the whole, we did all of HR. We did all of, you know, fill in the blank office at the same time. Uh, and I always want to talk to them. 
how did you do that? Because uh, change, managing change, especially when you have maybe some people that have worked in one office for, you know, a decade or longer, sometimes it's a little difficult. Where would you say you are in that journey of going paperless and you know, do you need to be fully paperless? You mentioned there are some forms that you need that pen and ink signature on perhaps. So how would you say you've progressed and, and where do you think it will go? Well, we have progressed tremendously. I would say on the administrative side, we're probably two thirds to three quarters, like no paper is necessary in the process. Uh, there's certain processes in HR that our interpretation is that it's still at some point we have to have like an ink signature on certain things. Um, so that's, I don't, I, I consider that as a part of we're not quite there yet, but it might, there's a barrier and maybe it can never be reached. I'm, I'm also sensitive to the fact that, I mean, I'm old enough that I remember the 80s and in the 80s, they were telling us that we were in five years, there's going to be a paperless office. No one's going to be using paper because we have computers now. And that's, you know, laughable. At this point, it's like, what? No, clearly we used a lot of paper in the 80s and in the 90s and 2000s. But uh, we made a tremendous progress over during the pandemic out of necessity. Necessity is the mother of invention. And anytime you can, as an organization, look at a change and say, hey, this is a great time for us to revamp how we do processes and make, make them digital, but also make them streamlined. So the reason why I say we're, you know, two thirds to three quarters of the way there is I would say in a lot of cases, we've developed what I would call electronic paper. So something like it's a PDF. It's a form that collects part of the information, but it's kind of collected and then someone has to read it, type from it, copy paste, whatever, or it's in a separate repository from where it really should live. Like, you know, when I, we're talking about um, data about your hours and things like that. So all of that should go into whatever your HR system is, right? I shouldn't have it in separate places. So in a lot of cases, yeah, we made it an electronic paper because we could do that quickly. But then the integration back to the original system is something that maybe takes longer or there's more hurdles to doing it the way you want to do it than you think. That sounds like it wasn't sort of a one-for-one -one transfer of just this is the information we collect and this is where it goes. You had to rethink that whole process. Yeah, exactly. And that's where um, we had an opportunity. We had a uh, document management system that we were using five years ago. Um, it, technically, there was nothing exactly wrong with it, but we were only using it in very specific areas. And we wanted to expand our use of it, but we it was just a customer service nightmare. Like we were cloud hosted and they would tell our, my system administrator, 
that he had to go do something on our server. And we're like, yeah, we don't have one of those because it's your server. So if you could do that, it would be fantastic. And then, so it was just the delay. And it just looked like we're never going to be able to get to where we need to be with this company and platform. And so we started looking at alternatives and one of my colleagues in a neighboring community college, they were already using Laserfiche and he had, you know, just glowing things to say about Laserfiche as a platform and also their, um, the partner that they were using for implementation. Um, so we started, you know, investigating and obviously, you know, we investigated other platforms besides Laserfiche, obviously. Um, but if uh, we, I found that we were going to save about 50% on just our licensing costs. And we would be able to then bring in this, uh, you know, accelerated information systems, who's just been a fantastic partner to us. And I would say as a small public college that I, I don't have the team that maybe I would love to have if money was no object, having great partners that can help you with integrations and ramping up new things is just, it's invaluable. So anyway, we were able to, uh, you know, save ourselves about 50% on the, the management costs of the platform, which freed up cash that we could then use to implement new workflows and to um, look at streamlining processes and being more strategic about what are we going to do next and actually accomplish things. Because I think sometimes, you know, it's that the customer service focus, not only the, the platform itself and how good it is, but that the platform, if there's partners or not, you know, it depends on the particular thing, but how well that whole uh, ecosystem works together, right? How well they work with us, our IT locally at the college, our end users, you know, people in HR, finance, or what have you, and then how well that works with the platform. And if there are any wrinkles, which, hey, it's technology, so there's always some kind of wrinkle, how quickly we can get those ironed out. So it sounds like... Um with the implementation partner they helped you to um, train end users were there any particular roles in the institution where they had to adjust to a lot of change and did they take it well in terms of you know new workflows and new ways to do their jobs i think that always varies somewhat by office but Generally, our um, admissions and financial aid and enrollment services offices were already working with a different platform, and I can only give them extreme kudos because, you know, you have you're always trying to push the the window to be very short, right? Because we don't want documents piling up while we move from A to B. So they had to quickly, you know, learn new processes, and they really just kind of went on board and were, you know, grateful for the change. But again, I, I think that some of, not all, but 
it's the smoother you can make things work on the technical side, the easier you can make it for people changing their daily work. No one wants to change their job. Like I, I totally sympathize with this, even though my job is to change somebody's job. But I understand as a human being, like we don't like doing it. It's like when you go to the grocery store and you go to aisle whatever to get the thing that you want and it's not there because they change everything around, how aggravating that is. It's the same thing. Like I always clicked this button and now this button doesn't exist. So, you know, on our part as the change agents, we're always trying to emphasize the fact that hey, we're doing this so that there's not as many steps that you have to go through or trying to make things streamlined so that the person who has the information is the one who's filling in the form rather than it going like a couple, you know, the student knows what the information is, but you get it, you know, Lindsay gets a paper and then she has to, you know, figure out what they meant by whatever they typed and type it somewhere else. And then, of course, did you type it correctly? Who knows? So, you know, we're tr we always try to emphasize that. But I, I do understand very well that no one wants to change their daily work. And over the past three years, we are all of our lives have changed like drastically, upside down, and then downside up again. So, you know, it's like we're all in change overload. So, any way we can make the change smoother. And have people see that there's a benefit at the end of it. Like, yes, it, we, it is faster. Or yes, it is more efficient. Or yes, it takes me less time. And, and some of our larger um, transformational projects here, even the people who at the beginning were like, oh, I can't do this. It's too much. It's too hard. At the end of it, I've had several of them come to me and say, I'm really glad that you kept pushing us because, wow, it's a lot better now. You wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't worth it in the end, right? Like <laughs> I try to never take that on because that's always a loser. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I'm curious, when you moved from that sort of heavily paper-based system, I'm assuming there are boxes and boxes of papers somewhere did you digitize those or are you holding on to those for a certain amount of time and then you'll move away from that completely? I'm just curious what the impact was on records management and, and storing those old forms. Yeah, that, that is a fantastic question. So uh, soon the college is going to be building a new tower. And with that, we're decommissioning three older buildings, one of which I'm sitting in right now. And so we had a lot of paper, some of these records that exist um, in, in, a, in our records management system already, but others that were just older. So we are going through a process of digitizing all of those things um, that we actually have worked with the state of New Jersey and a um, nonprofit company that they work with to do that. It's a process. <laughs> We're in the middle of it. I'm not exactly sure how long it's going to take. But yeah, the goal is to digitize all those records, make sure that they're kept correctly. And there's some paperwork things we have to do with the state before we uh, would actually destroy or, or 
any paper. Like we have, there's I's we have to dot and T's we have to cross. So we're in the process of doing that. Um, that's very unlike, you know, in the private, <laughs> private uh, college world, it's kind of like, oh, I don't need these anymore because I have them somewhere else and I can just, you know, dispense with them, but we have to go through a process, which is fine. But yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And that it would have, it would have always been on my mind what we're going to do with those papers, but it it's particularly critical here because we're not going to move boxes and boxes of paper from an old building to a brand new building when the brand new building is meant for, you know, space for students to come, you know, we don't want to, oh, sorry, we can't have a classroom here because we have to store a whole bunch of paper. You know, no one really understands that, right? How has going, excuse me, how has moving to this more digital system impacted, you know, data security and data management in that sense of, you know, knowing where things are and making sure that that information is protected? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's actually better for our data security in one way in that we are categorizing it we have it indexed so we know very well that these papers have this kind of personally identifiable information on it where um i've noted in my career a lot people think of information security or cyber security and they're very like worried and about you know hackers or you know somebody getting into data when we all have, you know, file cabinets and file cabinets, file cabinets and boxes full of paper, excuse me, with all that <laughs> PII on it, right? And people aren't thinking of it as much. I mean, here I know that, you know, the older older records were locked as they should have been and all of that. But you, you never 100% know if someone's printed something out what happened to it after that, right? And that concerns me just as well, because look, in the modern world, someone can take a photograph of some piece of paper or their screen or whatever, and that can be damaging. So we always try to keep that in mind. But I think in this sense, it, when you have a document management system and you know that the personally identifiable information is going there, it's structured, you know where it is, and you can protect it. Thank you. Um, it sounds like you're in the middle of some big projects, but I was wondering what else you're working on at Hudson County and, you know, what projects are you excited about? Well, the, the tower construction is a, is a major one. Um, we will, we already received some grants for some uh, technology infrastructure for networking, um, for I think it's 14 video immersive classrooms. Uh, we're also adding seven video immersive classrooms by a grant in our North Hudson campus, which is about five miles and at least 30 minutes away by car uh, because we're in you know major urban area. And so it takes, so it takes a while to get places. Um, so connecting people in that way, and especially our, the communities that we're serving 
really need that leg up, right? They really can use all of the help they can get with education in any way we can make it more accessible, including bringing them a very rich educational experience right to their homes in certain cases or making it as close to them as possible. And that's, so that's the video immersive classroom or we call it ITV project, which we've, we've made tremendous project progress there too. Um, and it's really starting to take off amongst faculty will actually ask to use those classrooms. Sometimes you add new things and people are like, I don't want to use all this newfangled stuff. Looks confusing. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, we're also like everyone in higher education, you know, really ramping up our, our security program. And that's always been a particular part of particular interest to me. So I like to see us uh, bringing on maturity in that area. And we've recently, with our again with our partners, uh, been successful in integrating to colleague from Laserfish Forms. So that brings that opens up a whole world of oh boy, all of the some of these forms that I've been wanting, you know, the electronic paper version, or some not quite needs a couple extra steps processes, we can really streamline them. And that's always on my mind in any way that we can streamline processes for our students and faculty and staff. But we have a lot of first-generation college students and immigrants and English language learners. So things that native to this country, third, fourth generation college student kids find confusing. These kind of students, it's like, it goes beyond confusing. It's just not, not accessible to them at all. So any way that we can streamline those things and bring everything I'm doing is there to reduce barriers between the students and staff or students and faculty or students and each other so that they can be successful. Patricia Clay, CIO of Hudson County Community College in New Jersey. You can read more about her and digitization at edscoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Coming up later this year from State Scoop and Edscoop, the 2023 IT Modernization Summit. This year's virtual summit takes place on September 19th. You'll hear from the top leaders in higher education as well as state and local government on all things digital transformation. Join Arizona State University Deputy CIO Kimberly Clark and Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro and more than a dozen other top leaders across the community on September 19th for State Scoop and Edscoop's IT Modernization Summit. You can find registration links for the summit in today's show notes and always at edscoop.com. The Cutting Edge Podcast is available at cuttingedgepodcast.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. This show is a Scoop News Group production. Carlin Fisher and Adam Butler help make it happen, and the entire team contributes. Until next time, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.